Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Let's go in our Bibles to Matthew 24. Matthew 24, we're in a series and I'm about to finish it up. Actually, next Wednesday night I will finish it up. uh, Talking about surviving the end times. Not only surviving, but thriving in them. You know, and so we've talked about different things that we need to watch out for in these last days. This, tonight I want to talk about, you know, you could say, I'll, I'll say it two different ways. Uh, because, you know, it, it'll maybe resonate a little different with you if I use a different word. Uh, but we're going to talk about watch out for false doctrines. Well, I want to use this word here because this is what the word doctrines means. Watch out for false teachings. Because the word doctrine, sometimes we've used it, it's a good word, there's nothing wrong with it, but we've just used it so much in the church that, you know, it kind of gets a religious tone to it, you know, doctrines. But, and it's, it's a good word, nothing wrong with it, but, but literally it's teaching, so watch out for false teachings in these last days. And, uh, you know, I, I, I want to hear you say amen. amen. I know we're really small in numbers tonight, but I want to hear you say amen, because this is really a good teaching. Because Now, here's why. Because when we go to Matthew 24 and verse 3, it talks about Jesus and his disciples. And it says, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately saying, tell us, when shall these things be? Because they've just shown him all the beautiful temple, the buildings of the temple. And they're showing him all this beauty. And he says to them something that maybe they weren't expecting. He said, there's coming a time when there won't be one stone left upon another. It'll all be thrown down. And literally, that happened in like 70 A.D. You know, Jesus had already, you know, went to the cross and been resurrected. But the Romans came and they they threw Jerusalem down. And even today, you know, I've never been to Jerusalem but I've seen, you know, the video and stuff like that. And you, you look on their, those streets, there's still some of those stones still laying there that they tossed down. They haven't ever moved them. They're still there. And so that, but they want to know when that's going to be. And they want to know, verse 3, tell us, uh, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world or the age? In other words, what's the signs of these end times? And it's interesting that Jesus answered and he said to them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Wow. The number one sign he gave them right off the bat was the sign of deception. Deceived. And uh, because the devil's a master deceiver. The Bible says that he deceives the whole world. It's amazing it's, it's, it's amazing to me his power to deceive, but it's amazing to me the power of people to be deceived. You know, the Bible teaches in the book of Revelation that after the millennial reign, you know, during the millennial reign, Christ's thousand years on earth, reigning on earth, that the devil will be locked up. Won't that be wonderful? But after the thousand years, he's loose for a season And the Bible says he goes to the four corners of the earth and gathers the nations to go fight against the camp of God. So I'm thinking, here we are. They've 
They've seen him. He's been locked up. He's released. And there are people still deceived enough to follow that loser. Wow. That is... So, we have to make sure that in these last days we're not deceived. Amen? Because it's a powerful thing, deception. Now, verse 24 of chapter 24. I want to read that too. It says... Uh, for there shall arise false Christ and false prophets and show great signs and wonders insomuch that the King James says, if it were possible, uh, they shall deceive the very elect. But if you've got a King James version of the Bible, if you'll notice, it were is in italics, which means the translators added it. It wasn't in the original text. And, and they, they, some, sometimes when they did that, they added it for readability. And, uh, they, but they let you know that this wasn't original. We inserted that. And literally in that place, it really shouldn't be in there because it is possible for the elect to be deceived. Yeah. And, and, you know, like the New King James, if, if, if possible, if, it, where it says if, if it were possible, the New King James says something like, uh, uh, if possible, they shall, they shall deceive the very elect. Uh, you know, it is possible for the elect to be deceived. And he says, because, because of signs and wonders, and let me know that signs and wonders are great, but we have to look beyond that. And Jesus said, by their fruit you'll know them. Not by their gifts necessarily, but by their fruit, because the devil can produce signs and wonders. I mean, you know, Moses threw down his rod and it became a serpent. The magicians did the same thing. They copied, you know, what Moses did. Only thing was, is Moses wrought eight theirs up. So, <laughs> amen. But, but my point is, is this, you know, this is why, this is why, now listen, this is why we have to uh, stay with the book. Because the book's always right. And what I've learned, just after 40 some years of this, what I've learned is the false, the false will always lead you away from the book. Always, because that's that's the you know the devil the devil. Listen, the Bible says that his ministers are uh, ministers. They, they they transform themselves into ministers of righteousness. So it's you know uh, the, the the devil transforms himself into an angel of light. So, but here's one thing. Here's one thing you got to know that there is no truth in him. So you have to stick with the book. I don't care if somebody works a miracle in front of my eyes. If they don't follow the Bible, I'm not following them. I don't care what happens because there are false signs and wonders. And so we're being warned. And I mean, if Jesus warned us and uh, we should take heed to it. And we need to know right now we're in the last days. Right? Not everything, not everything that calls, it a pre calls itself a preacher, not everything that's on Christian TV is necessarily right. You got you to stick with the book. You got to stick with the book. And... Uh, you know, so I'm, I'm just going to talk about this tonight. Is that all right? Yeah. All right. See, it's just something, one of, the, one of the things that we talked about when we preached on this the last time, we talked about watch out for false doctrines or watch out for false teachings. So, you know, Paul said this. He said, he said that, uh, he's, he told Timothy, Timothy was a pastor at the time, and he told Timothy, he said, study to show yourself approved, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. See? Now, that rightly dividing, in the Greek, one of the things that's, that says is to make a straight cut. Make a straight cut. In other words, 
You're not over here one day and over there the next day. Right? I appreciate men of God's been around for 50, 60 years, and they're still preaching the same thing they were 50 or 60 years ago. You're still sticking with the Word of God. Make a straight cut. Right? You know, recently, uh, and I'll, I'll leave Monday, I'm not sounding anybody, but I'm just using this for an illustration so you kind of get what I'm talking about. Recently, and, and, and I listened to this guy for years, uh, you know, he was in our camp, so to speak, and uh, recently he got up and taught his church, you know, that all he taught about tithing was wrong, and it was all wrong, and he was all wrong about it, you know, that you don't have to tithe today. So he was over here, and then he's over here, and then he's over here. I have a real issue with that. Here's the issue I have, because there's nothing in the Bible that says tithing ever ceased. If it does, I'll tell you. Amen. One of the things I always pray before I preach, Lord, give me a spirit of accuracy, if there is such a thing. You know, I don't know, but I pray that anyway. I want accuracy. I want the truth. How about you? Man, you know, if I'm wrong, I want to know it. Amen. I, I want to be on target. I want to be, I want to be in the center of God's will. And so... You know, when you see those kind of wavering where you got a minister, he's over here one time and he's over here the next time, you know this guy's not cutting with a straight cut. Yeah. See, really, and I don't say this to toot my own horn. I'd say, I'd say this if I weren't a pastor. One of the most invaluable tools against deception is, is setting under a good man of God, a good pastor, whether it's a man or a woman. Setting under them and getting fed the Word of God. It really is. Because, listen, you know, that's what Paul's telling Timothy. He said, son, he said, you study to show yourself approved. A workman that doesn't need to be ashamed. Rightly divide the word of truth. In other words, you, you see, you can't, over the years, there's been so many. And, and, you know, if you've been around a long time, you'll, you, some of you know what I'm talking about. There's been so many winds of doctrine blowing the church. You know, the, the, the Bible talks about, you know, being tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. It talks about, you know, don't be carried away with, with various and strange doctrines. Don't get carried away with that. Uh, and there's been so many things. But, but a good shepherd, a good shepherd, what a lot of times, see, people don't, people don't realize some of the bullets that, that shepherds get shot at them. Because sheep sometimes go other places. And they go to other meetings and they watch stuff on TV. And they well, Pastor, why aren't you doing that? Well, number one, the Lord never told me to do it. Number two, it may not be right to start with. Brother Hagin used to say, he said, you know, he said the things that come around, he said they, he said they, they come, come kind of like this, he said it kind of like this, they go in cycles, you know, they're, they're here and then they're gone and then maybe 10 years later they're back and so forth and so on and all that. And he said back in his days, and this come back around again, back in his days he said there was a group teaching that, you know, that Jesus, when Jesus said, if you believe in me, you'll never die, that, they, that that was physical, you'll never die. I just recently heard a guy that I've known of for years, uh, one, one, one in our group, just teach this, that you never have to die physically. He's teaching his church this. Now, I've known this guy, I've known, I don't know him personally, but I've known of the guy for many years. I've listened to him, and I thought, oh, man, brother, what happened to you? I mean, somebody put something wrong in your Cheerios, you know, right? And so Brother Hagin said, you know, he ran to that group. He said, they said, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll never, you'll need, you know, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you don't ever have to die. He said, I'm the resurrection of life, you know, and, and he that believeth me shall never die. Shall never, I mean, you know, he was talking spiritually, right? You know, and, and Brother Hagin said, you know, he said, I tried to say this nice. He said, well, he said, uh, well, Paul died. What about Apostle Paul? He, he died, didn't he? 
Matter of fact, there's none of the apostles left alive, are they? They all passed on, right? Right? And uh, this guy told Brother Hagin, he said, well, Paul didn't make it. Brother Hagin said, well, if Paul didn't make it, you and I don't have a chance. <laughs> Let me know, that's not rightly dividing the Word of God. You know, years ago, in the 90s especially, we had this teaching. And there was some, there's some truth to a lot of these things. There's some truth to it. But you've got to find the some truth and don't take the excess and the error out of it. Because there's been a lot of things that's just gone in excess. And a good pastor will keep you in the center. He'll keep you where the truth is at. You know, and there was teaching years ago. Some of you will remember some of these things. I'm going to deal with some things tonight just to, as examples. Uh, but, but, but one of the things that you, I think it was like the 1990s when it really hit hard was the teaching on spiritual warfare. Well, you know what? There is warfare. The Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. But really, a lot of that's right up here, right? Because they were people, they were trying to conquer their city, and they hadn't conquered this city yet. And so, literally, groups were renting airplanes and flying and getting high in the atmosphere so they'd be closer to the demons. They were getting up there where they could really do spiritual warfare. Well, you know, all they really did was take a nice plane ride and spend some money because there's nothing, because, you know, the Apostle Paul, that, if that's true, then the Apostle Paul could never deal with them because he didn't have an airplane. Hey, you know, the Apostle Paul made it without Facebook. Wow. <laughs> the Apostle Paul made it without, you know, what, Instagram and Twitter and Internet. YouTube. Al Gore hadn't invented internet yet when the Apostle Paul. That's a joke. Anyway, uh, so we see, see, you know, and 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 you know, they. I remember one time a whole group of them. They were going to go over into, and I'm not knocking them. I, I praise God for zeal. How many know? How many like zeal? But how many know? Paul said, you know, the, talking about the children of Israel. He said, he said, you know, they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. You need to get some knowledge. And they were going over to, the, you know, to, to Ephesus and to the Asian area, Asia. And they were going to pull down the spirit of Diana and change that whole region. And a bunch of them went over there, man, and they did warfare and they prayed and, and all that. And that's, you know, that's fine. But guess what? The problem is, is, you know, here's the thing about it. If, if it were possible to pull down all those spirits and then never operate again, well, you know, uh, why didn't Jesus do that when he was here? No, see, the thing of it is, is as long as people want to yield to the devil, there's going to be devils they can yield to. Yeah. It's just the way it is. The way, you get, the way you get a region changed, yes, prayer is important. Amen. Very important. But, but the, 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 the way you get a region changed is by getting people on the Word of God. Amen. Amen. To get them to get a hold of the Word of God, see, and start living by the Word of God. Prayer is a part of that, but this got to excess. How many of you follow what I'm saying? There's a, there was a truth in it, but there was, an, there was excess. There's been excesses in a lot of areas. How many of you know, we've just come through and maybe we're still in it. I don't know. I don't, I don't see that much Christian television, just a few people. But, but we came through an, ex, an excess of grace. Well, Lord, we love grace. We're saved by grace. But they got so far, they said, you don't have to do a thing. It's all done for you. Well, it is all done for you, but the Bible says by faith we access His grace. So we have to do something. We have to believe, right? So there's something that we do. 
And so, you know, and they were just, you know, teaching like portions of the Bible weren't for you, you know, like 1 John 1, 9, where it says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just. They were saying, well, you don't have to confess your sin now. And I'm just thinking, you guys don't know the same God I know. I mean, I mean, you know, it's just respect. Just respect. If I hit your car, I'd tell you I'm sorry. I wouldn't walk up and say, "Do you got to forgive me?" Because you know, you're a Christian. I mean, that's not the right way to approach it. No, Amen. How many know if you miss it? How many know you just ask God to forgive you, and then go about your way? Believe He did, right? So, there, you know, and grace, you know, they're teaching, you know, you can live any way you want to because we're, we're under grace. Christians started living in sin and so forth because we're under grace. We're saved by grace. And they, they went so far. So, I don't know, maybe I'm introducing some new dumb stuff to you. Maybe I shouldn't do this. But they were teaching that it's your spirit doesn't sin. It's just your flesh. So it's all okay. Hey, I, I read in my Bible where the Bible says, present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is just a reasonable service. So that tells me, I, really, I'm thinking, where are you guys at? Are you even reading the Bible? Just read the epistles. Paul dealt with sin and the epistles all throughout him. Every church he wrote to. He talked about living right and living clean. Am I missing something? I don't think so. It's in there, right? I'm thinking, you guys are just... See, that's what happens when you don't rightly divide the Word. You just pull a few scriptures out. It was done with faith. It was done with faith. People for believing for things, the Bible never even promised them. But faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we can believe for anything God promised us. Absolutely. We did it with, people did it with confession. They were confessing over things that, you know, it, they, they, it, it, it just was nonsense. Amen. You know, I, maybe, they, maybe they're single and they see some, you know, nice-looking gal or nice-looking uh, guy. Guys see nice-looking gr- girls and girls see nice-looking guys. Hallelujah. It's so crazy we're so deceived we don't even know that today. I'm not talking about us. But, I mean, you talk about deception, people that they don't even know whether they're a man, a man or a woman. We have someone on the Supreme Court that couldn't answer what a woman is. Can you believe this? This is nuts. This is delusional. This is deception to the highest degree. Man, I've known the difference between a boy and a girl since I was very little. There are differences. Amen. Some people are teaching, you know, and they believe, wait, you just decide what you want to be, you know. It's crazy. Or identify. You know, identify. You know. I told Phyllis I was identifying something the other night. I don't remember what it was, but I was wanting something. I identify as this, you know. (laughs) I mean, you you know, there's such delusion. And the sad thing about it is some of the church is embracing this craziness. You know, and, and, and on and on. I mean, you know, there was uh, some of you, the older, a little older, you remember the discipleship movement. And uh, there was some truth in this. There's truth about having godly leaders over you. The Bible says obey those that are over you in the Lord. Submit yourselves. Doesn't the Bible say that? But they took it so far, you, you, couldn't, you couldn't buy a, a car, you couldn't buy a house. They would tell your wife how to dress and how to look. Let me know how your wife dresses and looks as long as she comes to church decent. That's your business. Right? 
What kind of car you get, that's not my business. If you want to buy a Ford, go ahead. I had to get Mark. I mean, no, that's your business, right? If you like fixing things, you know, fine, you know. All right, I'll leave that alone. I'm teasing Mark. But have me understand, it got in excess, you know, it got in excess. I mean, remember the discipleship movement. It's like, you know, well, a good, solid pastor will keep you in line and say, that's just, that's nonsense. That's, have you know what hogwash is? That's hogwash. That's something you should wash a hog with. Don't live by it. You know, amen. And so there were several things, you know, that came along, you know, and like, and, and, and I'm, a, I'm a believer in biblical prosperity. You know that. I've got teachings on it. But I'm not a believer in some of the things that some people have taught about it because it's not in the Bible. It's, all, it's to the excess. It's not what the Scripture says, you know. Amen. So you have to, you know, I had a couple one time wanted me to lay hands on this bank that the bank would give them all of its money. I mean, my thinking is if I can do that for you, I'm doing it for me first. You know what I mean? Lord helps them to help himself. Hezekiah chapter 3, verse 17. Praise God. Now, amen. So there were all kinds of things. Holiness got off, you know, where, you know, that got off in the church where, you know, women couldn't wear makeup, couldn't wear, you know, slacks and so forth and all that. And you couldn't cut their hair and everything. Then there was one. This one was like, I think, in the 90s too. And it was a big one. It was called Kingdom Now. Kingdom Now. And a lot of the leaders that were uh, over this, like on a national level, they, they whacked out, man. I mean, they got into immorality, in, in financial issues. Because what happens is if you, if you stay at something long enough and it's, 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 a, it's false, the devil gets a doorway into your life, see. And Kingdom Now was basically this, that the church was going to take over the world, get it all cleaned up, and present it to Jesus. But really the Scriptures teach He's going to come back and, and deal with this thing. Amen? You know, and there's some truth in it that the church has some authority. But, if the ch- but Jesus called the church, He called us salt. Now, I mean, you know, salt doesn't stop corruption. It just slows it down. As long as we're here, keep preaching the gospel. Keep praying. Slow it down. Don't let it run loose. Brother, if the church was out of here, I'm telling you, man, this, this place would go, you think it's nuts now? The only restraining force that's here is the church. Hallelujah. And if, if churches every Sunday morning would get on flame on fire and preach the gospel, it'd make a big, huge difference in America. Amen. But my point is, is that a good, solid pastor that, that will, will, will keep you in the center on these things. You know what I'm saying? It'll keep you in the center on these things. You know, we all, we all have a tendency to get off a little bit. We need corrected. Amen? Right? I've got a pastor over me, Dr. Barkley. If I preach something stupid and he hears about it, I'll hear about it. He preached something one time. He never said what it was, but his pastor was uh, John Osteen. He said he got, he got a call. And, uh, you know, he answers the phone. This is Pastor John. He said, I got something for you. And he says, all of a sudden, I hear me preaching. He said he's laid the phone down, put a cassette, this was a cassette days, a cassette deck up by the phone, and he's playing me preaching. He says, that goes on like 15 minutes or so. 
And he says, then he picks up the phone and says, is that you, Mark? Yeah, that's me, Pastor, preaching that. He's, that was me preaching that. He says, don't ever preach it that way again. Bye. He thought, what did I say? So he said, when he hung up, I called the office and said, his office, Brother Osteen's office, he said, he asked his staff, do you know what message that was? He was playing of mine, and can you send it to me? How many know we just got to be big enough to be corrected, right? That's how you stay on course. That's how you're going to get home tonight. You're going to make some corrections, right? A friend of mine, his grandma said, I don't know why they can't make all the roads straight. Why they got to put curves in them? Well, to get you where you want to go, sometimes you have to curve a little bit. And so as you go home, you're going to make some corrections. How many in our lives, we're going to make some corrections. A good godly pastor, you may be thinking something. You may think, you know, well, I believe this, this is exciting. This is the newest, greatest revelation and so forth. And, and a good godly pastor will get up and just blow it out of the water for you sometimes. Amen. Amen. And so that's a good thing to have. I said that's a good thing to have. Amen. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 1. Let's go there. Come on, are you getting anything tonight? 1 Timothy chapter 1. Now, uh, here in 1 Timothy, Paul said something. We've, we've read this scripture numerous times, but boy, it's a good one. 1 Timothy chapter... You know what? I'll tell you something else. I'm not done with this scripture either. I'm going to read this again sometime in my preaching ministry. I like this scripture. 1 Timothy chapter, chapter 4 is where I want to go. Chapter 4. Look at verse 1. It says, now the Spirit speaks expressly. Now here's, a, here's what that means. Where it says he speaks expressly, it means he's outspoken about this. He's distinct about this. You might say the Spirit's shouting this. He's shouting this. He wants us to get this. That, that in the latter times... How many know that's where we're at right now? I've told you before. I think I told you. I know I preached this somewhere. I think it was here. I know I preached it somewhere else too, but I think I preached it here too. That, that you know, the latter times there, it means the very, very last days. It means the very end. That, that's what that word latter means. It means to the very end. Uh, it's used, uh, uh, Paul used it in, in the second Timothy chapter 3, and he said in the last days, and it means the, the farthest, the farthest you can go. It, uh, in other words, when, we get, we, we're, when we're at, right at the coming of the Lord, these things are going to happen. Well, how many know that's, that's where we're at right now? The Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, and they will give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. So teachings of demons. So that tells me there's going to be teachings of demons in the church. What does that mean? Demons are going to get behind the pulpit and teach? Well, it means people are going to preach de doctrines of teachings that they got from demons. That's what, it's, that's what it means. So in the last days, there's going to be churches where, there, where the minister gets up and he's going to preach things that did not come from the Spirit of God. See, it says seducing spirits. That word seducing means imposter spirits. Spirits that are imposters, they're trying to act like they're the Spirit of God, but they're not the Spirit of God, see. Uh, it means deceiving spirits, uh, misleading spirits. Misleading spirits are going to attack the church, and some are going to fall for it. That's why you've got to have a good pastor. That's why you've got to have a good pastor.
It stays with the book. Amen. Even though he may not be doing the latest, greatest, newest thing, maybe he sees the end thereof. Maybe it's exciting. You know, some things are exciting for a while. But if they're in error, they're going to eventually get you in trouble. Amen. You know, the Bible even says about sin, it has pleasure for a season. But God gives us everlasting joy. Amen. What does it mean? Well, to your flesh it has pleasure. Amen. Now, so, so there's going to be doctrines of demons. That's, that's something we have to be alert. We have to be alert about. Imposter spirits. See, let me, let me explain something to you, okay? Peter said it like this, all right? Because I think people need to know this too. Peter said that uh, he warned, in 2 Peter, he warned, he said that in the last days that there would be, um, people would come along and preach. He, he, the King James says damnable heresies. Damnable heresies. Now, how many know damnable heresy means if you believe it and follow it, it'll damn you? Uh, you could say the New King James says destructive heresies because that word means destructive. It means damnable. It'll destroy your life if you believe it. And if you believe it, it'll destroy your life. Isn't this good preaching tonight? Hallelujah. Not everybody saying amen, but it's good preaching tonight. You know, if you follow it, it'll destroy your life. So, so listen, I think we need to know this. You know, there are, there are teachings that are, are false. They're not true. They're not true. But they're not damnable. But there's some that are going to be damnable. Like the teaching. There's people that teach. Good people love Jesus Christ. That teach that, you know, healing's not for everybody. You ever heard that? Now that won't damn you. It is a false doctrine. I said it is a false doctrine. Tongues has passed away is a false doctrine. Those that preach about tongues, sometimes we get labeled as preaching false doctrines. No, we got more scriptures on tongues than you do against it. You don't have any against it. We got all kinds for it. Paul said, forbid not to speak in tongues. I thank my God I speak in tongues. Everybody who received the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts spoke in tongues. So I want to see your scriptures where uh, it passed away. Well, the Bible says that tongues shall cease. Oh, yeah, shall, not has. Huge difference. I'll, I'm, hey, physically I shall cease one day. Y'all seem excited about that. What, what the? I'm teasing. How, how, many, how many know that shall and have? I haven't yet. I'm still here. Hey, everybody, I'm still here. Tongues is still here. And, and you read on down there in Corinthians chapter 3, it tells you when. When we see him face to face, we won't need tongues. See, it says knowledge will vanish away. Prophecies will stop. We're not going to need any of that when we're face to face. I'm face to face. I don't, I don't need tongues. I don't need knowledge. I, God says, I will know as I, as I am known. Amen. I won't need any of those things. Amen. Are you following me? So we're not at that place yet. They haven't ceased yet. They're still alive. Praise God. Amen. You know, you know and, and uh, people say, well, I just... One guy said, I don't, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't believe in speaking in tongues. I said, How can you not? I can speak in tongues. You want to hear me? What you should say is, I don't believe I should. Well, that's up to you. But hey, you know, that, even that right there, that's not going to damn you. You can go to heaven without speaking in tongues. You can go to heaven without being healed. You can go to, you can go to heaven, you know, but, but, you know, by not, you don't believe in a rapture. Right? But there are certain things, they're damnable. 
They will destroy your life if you believe them. What were things like that? Well, anything that would touch the person of Jesus, who He is, and the work that He has done would be damnable. What about some of the preachers today? Some of the preachers today that once knew better, they're now saying, well, there's more than one way to heaven. Very famous preacher was on TV. Very famous. I won't name him. I'm not slandering anybody. But, you know, there may come a point we're going to have to start naming some names if they keep this up. But a very famous preacher, you know, they ask him, will, will, will Muslims go to heaven? Well, only God knows. Well, yeah. But, 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 but see, you just deceived a bunch of people right there. That's, right. That's what you did. Yeah, God does know, but the Bible also knows. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Either that's true or he's a liar, right? Either he's the only way because he said, I'm the way. Either he is or he isn't. No matter what people say, even preachers, famous preachers, it's like, are you kidding me? What is wrong with you? I wouldn't go to your church any longer. If you don't know that Jesus Christ is the only way, that's it. And you can't tell the world that? You, you, you either, you're either deceived or you have no backbone. And either way, I don't want to send under your ministry because I want to have a backbone. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I, and see, a lot of churches are compromising today because they're getting pressure. They're getting kickback. They're getting blowback from the world. Well, <laughs> so we change because the world doesn't like it. Not me. I hope not you. Amen. You know, I still believe homosexuality is a sin. It's wrong. It's not the only sin. There's a lot of other sins. But it is, it is one. I know sometimes I think they think that's all we do is have services and talk about them. But, you know, <laughs> we don't. <laughs> we got, uh, no offense, but we got bigger things to talk about. <laughs> but, you know what I'm saying? Hey, I, a, lot of, a lot of churches don't preach this any longer. Shacking up's a sin. You could end up in hell doing that. I'm not saying you're going there necessarily, but you could. You keep disobeying God, the devil get a hold of you, right? Amen. Driving a Ford's a sin. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That bad doctrine, bad doctrine. Bad doctrine. How, how, me, how me understand that there are certain things that, that are just sin, you know, and, and sometimes they think there's a lot, there's a list in there that certain, these will not inherit the kingdom of God, right? And there's several things in there. But one of them happens to be homosexuals and sodomites. Now, I don't know what you want me to do, change the Bible. I'm not doing it. Well, that, mean, that means you're a bigot. Well, then God's a bigot. Because I got it from Him. No, He's not a bigot. He's right. He, he knows. See, how many know adultery is wrong? Most wives think so. Most men think so, right? It's like one preacher. I, I wouldn't do this, but he, he did. You know, this, this, guy, this guy told this preacher, he said, I, he, he, he had eyes for this other woman. You know, he, he was really wanting to hook up with this other woman. You know, he's married. M-A-R, you know, R-R. I-E-D. <laughs> I think you should have an education you're going to pastor too. Uh, but anyway, so he, he says, can you help me? He said, yeah, come, let's go tell your wife. She'll fix it. How do we know she'll fix it? Yeah. Yeah. Who was it I was watching the other night said, 
there's some preacher, I can't remember who it was, I'll give him credit. He said, uh, me and my wife, have, we've, we've never thought, my wife's never thought about divorce. We've never thought about divorce. Now, she's thought about murder, but not divorce. <laughs> and all the women said, amen. All right. Now, you understand, see, there, there, we could have differences. That, that, that's going to happen. That, that, that's going to be there. I, I think I see a lot. I see, I, see, I see some progress in the church. A lot of that has melted away. Because a lot of those that used to fight us over tongues and things like that, they, they're, they're speaking in tongues now. It's like I told you, just here a few sermons ago, I was talking about a guy, and this guy has been, and he has been a solid uh, Bible teacher. I may not agree with everything he says. I, he didn't have enough faith for my liking. That's just me. But, you know, but he's been a solid Bible teacher, solid guy, nothing really wrong with him. He, if you listen to him, you know, he's not going to lead you astray. He's not going to lead you away from Jesus. But he, he just believed tongues had passed away. He believed tongues had passed away. You know, and he's famous. If I named him, you know his name. But I'm not going to do that. You can come up to me privately and I might tell you. But he's famous. And uh, I was, he was on this podcast here a while back with another guy. And this guy's interviewing him. And he said, you know, he said, I read in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 14, where it said, desire spiritual gifts. And he said, I thought to myself, I think I got all the gifts God wants me to have when I got born again. I think I got them all. But then he said, well, maybe I don't. He said, so I spent two weeks just asking the Lord, do I have all the gifts you want me to have? He said, after two weeks, I started speaking in tongues. And I've been speaking in tongues every day. Amen. We had a, well, we called him a Baptist, Baptocostal. He was a Baptist pastor filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. He told us his story one time. He said, you know, him and his wife uh, pastored a Baptist church, you know. And he was a good, 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 solid man of God, you know. And they pastored this Baptist church. And he said, you know, him and his wife one night got alone in the bedroom and they started praying, seeking God for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he said, we, we began speaking in tongues in our bedroom, you know. And he thought, how am I going to tell my church this? Well, he didn't need to. His five-year-old boy was outside the door listening. He said the next morning, this was Saturday night, he said on Sunday morning, he said, my little boy went around to people in the church and said, Mom and Dad got them tongues last night. <laughs> well, that's one way you can do it, right? A child shall lead them. And so after that, he just had to tell his church, yeah, that's true. Mom and Dad got them tongues last night. <laughs> and they became a Baptist, Baptocostal church. They were still in the Baptist denomination, but they were speaking in tongues, you know. Amen. Well, we may disagree on some things. We may disagree on who the two witnesses are. We may disagree on the timing of the rapture. We may disagree, you know, on, on certain things. But there are certain fundamental doctrines of Christ that you have to believe if you're going to be saved. You have to believe that Jesus Christ paid for our salvation by His precious blood. You have to believe that He was raised from the dead on the third day. You have to believe that He's ascended on high, that God raised Him from the dead. You have to believe certain things. If you don't believe those things, you're not, you're not part of the church. You're not part of the Christian faith. We may disagree, but then there's these damnable heresies that if you believe them, see, if, I, if you're teaching people that they can live in any sin they want to and they're going to heaven, that's damnable. That could send them to hell. They could end up in hell by your preaching. Amen. And Paul talked about this. He said, he said watch that nobody cheats you or spoils you through philosophy. 
What is philosophy? Philosoph There's a lot of philosophizing preaching. Now, what is that? That's, that's the word, just take the word philosophy and use the word deduce. I deduce. I mean, we're not to deduce, deduce anything. We're to find out what God said about it. For instance, a preacher, he's, I don't think he's pastoring now. Hopefully he's not even in the ministry unless he's gotten straightened out. But he was followed by a lot of young people. And he pastored a church of 5,000 at one time in the Michigan area, in the state of Michigan. And so, but he got off on this that God, he deduced God is love. Therefore, love would never send anybody to hell. Therefore, there is no hell. Therefore, nobody's going to hell. And I read his book. I, told, I, I, I shouldn't tell you this, but I thought, how did this guy come to this? How did he get here? So I bought his book and read it just to find out how do you get this, how do you get this far off? And his basic, his theory was this, that all the scriptures that talk about hell are talking about what your life will be like here on earth if you don't accept Jesus Christ. Your life will be a living hell here on earth. Well, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible calls it everlasting torment the lake of fire Jesus in Luke 16 said there was a certain rich man and he was in hell there was a beggar he was in Abraham's bosom Jesus said this is the way it is you understand? But his preaching basically came down to philosophizing, where he deduced God is love, therefore God, a loving God would not send people to hell. Well, here's the truth about that. A loving God's not sending anybody to hell. A loving God got us all out of there. We have to accept his provision. We were all going to go. He threw us a life saver. His name's Jesus. You accept that, you get out. You don't, you're going to go. You can't blame it on him. If you, nobody that's in hell can blame it on God. Not one of them. They got there on their own. Amen? Because they did not accept Jesus Christ. What about the doctrine of purgatory? That once you, If you do get down there, your relatives will pray you out. I wouldn't count on my relatives praying me out. They're going to go eat chicken. Where is that in the Bible? It's not in there. Now, I'm not attacking Catholics, but I'm just making some points here because we could, any, dumb, any, any group of church, we could find some things. So this is not an anti-Catholic league here. It's a lot of born-again Catholics that love Jesus Christ, all right? Uh, but my point is, no matter who teaches, what, what, about, what about, you know, like one, one of the teachings that, that they teach is that Mary stayed a virgin. Well, how did she have other kids? And one lady, the, the one lady, she confronted her, she talked to her priest about it. I don't want to use the word confront because she wasn't confrontive about it, but she, she talked to him about this. Well, the Bible talks about Jesus had brothers and sisters. And, of course, they always thought, well, it just meant kinfolk. It didn't mean brothers and sisters. But she looked it up, you know, in the Greek, and it meant brothers and sisters. And he says, well, I know that. He said, but we've taught this for a long week, so long we can't change it now. Well, I don't know about you. I don't care how long I've taught it. If the Bible says something different, I'm going to change. And I understand what he's talking about. He's going to get kicked out for saying that. But, hey, I'd rather get kicked out and have the truth than stay in the group and not have the truth. Amen. Right? Right? No, not, this isn't anti-Catholic. I'm just talking about how we need to judge all. See, I can, I can name some of our group that's some of the things that they've preached that I've said, no, uh -uh, that's not in the Bible. Not in the Bible. We've gotten off in some areas. Now, I always try to keep it right where God's Word says it. Find out everything the Bible says about it. Educate yourself a little bit. 
Study. What Paul tell Timothy? Study to show yourself approved so you won't be ashamed. Amen. That's good preaching. We need it, right? Now, so doctrines of demons. I, I, I've not got much more time, but um, what's our defense? Let's go here. Let's go to 2 Thessalonians and let's look at this. What's our defense against getting off? You know, if the elect can be deceived, how do I keep from being deceived? Well, it's pretty simple, really. It really is. First, find you a good pastor or a good shepherd that doesn't get off on these, you know, new fads and new weird stuff. And Amen. Right? And there's some things that, you know, some things just, they just don't, you know, they may be exciting, but they may tantalize, but they just really don't do anything for you spiritually. You know, this don't really move the needle at all. I'm, I'm interested in stuff that affects my life. I want something that will change me. Amen. Now, here in Thessalonians, I think, did I tell you to go there? Second Thessalonians chapter uh, 2. And uh, let's start reading at verse 9. It says, Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, talking about the Antichrist, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness, and them that perish because, listen to this, this is real important, they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. For this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who, had, who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Now see, I see this in our country. I see there's some people that are pushing this thing so far that they're about to this point to be where God's just going to send them a spirit of delusion, and that's it for them. They're done. Now, you know, it's one thing to, you know, I, I think about it like this. You know, when I was a sinner, before I was born again, I did things that were contrary to the Word of God. I believed things that were contrary to the Word of God. I, I said things that were contrary to the Word of God. But how can I say this? Even though I... Even though I I, I knew, I, even though I lived contrary to the Word, may have said things contrary to the Word, I actually knew in my heart that the Word of God was the truth. See, if you look at Romans, God's put in everybody's heart that knowledge of Him. It's in there. It's in there. But if you just keep pushing it away and you reject the truth and you say, I don't care what the truth says, I want my unrighteousness like some are doing today, you're going, to get, you're going to end up with a spirit of strong delusion and there's no hope for you. You're going to end up in hell. You'll never be able to recover. Is that too strong? It happens to be where we're seeing people in our country. It's just like they're gone. They're, they're gone. They're, I mean, God could still rescue them, I guess. But uh, it doesn't sound like He wants to after they go to a certain point. He's through with it. Amen. Now, what I wanted to say was not all that, but what I wanted to say was this. The guard against deception is you have to love the truth. They receive not the love of the truth. How many know you have to love the truth more than you do wanting to hear something that pleases your flesh? Amen? See, here, here's what happens. Um, some people just want something that will uh, agree with or um, justify their lifestyle. You've got to love the truth more than you do your lifestyle. If you love your lifestyle more than the truth, then you're going to be deceived. 
But if you love the truth, just, amen. Just slap me with some truth. Now, see, I was that way as a sinner. I might not have, I might not have obeyed the truth, but I did, I did not say it wasn't the truth. I didn't push it away in the sense that, like, you know, I reject that, you know, I don't want anything to do with that. I, I knew eventually I was going to have to answer that. Because there's something inside of you. See, the Bible says, now listen to this, the Bible says in Romans chapter 2 that, that the Gentiles have the law of God in their heart. Maybe I better read it to you because it got like funeral home quiet, like everybody just died and I need to. It's like this one preacher said, he said, I was preaching one night and some guy three rows back from the back, I mean, three rows away from the very back, he, he died. He died. Guy died. He said, so we called the paramedics in to come and get, get him. He said they carried three rows out before they found the right guy. It's kind of what I felt like right then when I said, don't call the charismatic cause they're par paramedics because they're going to carry everybody out. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. It says in Romans 2.14, don't go there, but I'll read to you. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in law, these having not the law are a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing them witness, and their thoughts the meanwhile excusing or el accusing or else excusing one another. So God has really put... Like every human being, deep down inside of them, there's a knowledge of God there. There's a knowledge of right and wrong. They can push it away and callous their own conscience, but it's been there. Right? Why is murder wrong? I'll tell you why it's wrong, because God said it's wrong. Well, how does everybody on the planet seem to know it's wrong? Now, there's a few that don't think it's wrong, like the mafia. Hey, you need me to take care of somebody for you? You know, like Brother James is going to be a hitman now. That, what, yeah, what high lofty goals. Thank God he got saved, right? I mean, he's serious. That's what Brother James Randolph was going to be when he got out of prison. He was going to be a hitman. See, people can, what happens to those people? Those people push their conscience, so they push away, the truth away that their conscience gets hard and it's no longer truth to them any longer. But for most people, that's why, see, sexual sin is wrong, and we used to know it was wrong. We used to know. People that now say uh, homosexual marriage is okay, if you, if you list politicians, if you go back like t 10 years or 15 years or 20 years, they said, no, it's between a man and a woman. How come it was between a man and a woman 20 years ago, and now it's okay? It's because you push the truth out of your heart. That's a very dangerous thing to do. You see what I'm saying? Because God put it in there. That's, that's Romans 2, 14, 15. You can read it sometime. But it's in there. God put it in there. And people just, they get callous and they push it out. But if we love the truth more than we do our lifestyle, then we'll change. We, 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 we're, we're not going to be deceived. Are you listening now? Because we, we want the truth. We love, I have a love for the truth. Amen. And what will the truth do for you? Well, the psalmist said, that it'll make you like a tree planted by the rivers of water. You'll bring forth your fruit in your season. Your leaf will not wither. And whatever you do will prosper. 
See, what happens when you get a hold of the truth? The truth makes you balanced. The truth makes you free. The truth doesn't make you goofy. See, I, I remember this. We, we had to deal with these issues years ago. I'm, I'm, they're almost embarrassing. But people, when we started teaching faith, they just took it to the extreme. and took it beyond what the Word says about it. And started believing for things. There were people, and I know I've said this before, but you, you, you don't realize how goofy people got. And you just like, you know, like people start saying, well, if we just, well, if that's so, then, you know, we're just believing God. But we're, we're not going to use any birth control. We're going to believe God. We're not going to have any kids. They had kids. Well, why can't we use faith there? Because God set the law of reproduction in motion. You're not going to use faith to, to override one of His laws. Right? You could jump off the building and say, I believe God that the angels are going to keep me. No, they're not. You're breaking one of God's laws, the law of gravity. You're going to hit the ground. Amen. People canceled their insurance. Well, we just believe we're never going to be sick. Well, let me just, is your faith 100% every day? You're betting on it's going to be. And what about your family? See, we had a group here in Indiana. <laughs> I don't know, man, this is like one of those, we're just getting into everything. But we had a group here in Indiana, and they're supposedly faith people, and they would not take their kids to the doctors if they got sick. Now, here's the way I look at it. Yes, pray for your kids, right. If they get better, hallelujah. Believe for them to get better. But if they're suffering, get their body fixed until that healing catches up with them. But they would, and, and, and some of their kids died. I'm talking about little children died. And yet they claim we're, we're believing God. No, you're not believing God. If you're believing God, it worketh. Why are you transposing, using, transposing your faith on your kids and making them suffer? If you want to suffer like that as an adult, go right ahead. But don't do that to your kid. It was just goofiness. And we got a black eye and people thought all of us preached that. We didn't. We told people. Brother Hagin used to say, you come to healing school, I, you got something seriously wrong with you, a terminal disease, you, and I pray for you, you don't get healed immediately, you get to the best doctor you can to keep yourself alive until your faith kicks in. Because you're going to need help. That's just good common balanced sense. Luke was a doctor. Marcus Walby. Most of the ladies like Stephen Kiley, his assistant, because he was young and good looking. See, God, now listen, God and doctors aren't opposed. That doesn't mean doctors are always right. Right? You have to use wisdom. But, you know, anything that's trying to get you help, that's good. So, can faith and doctors coexist? Well, absolutely. Now, there may be times, and I've had times like this, I didn't, I didn't go to the doctor. That was my choice. I'm believing God. I'm not going to the doctor. I'm believing God. That's my choice. It worked out great. But you know what I'm saying? I mean, you, you, have, to, you have to use your own, you have to use some wisdom there, yeah. right? I'm trying to think some of the other things that we thought of. I thought I'd give these before we go. But, you know, just some of the other goofy things in faith. And we, and we just had to address it. People quit their jobs. We're living by faith. We're trusting God. <laughs> hey, he's the one said, don't work, don't eat. It's in your Bible. Amen. Right? Ephesians 4 talks about, you know, do that which is good with your hands that you may have to give. 
So there were a lot of things that people did, and, and I'm not criticizing. They, the, you know, they were just, we were just excited in those days. I did some stupid things. I told Phyllis about them, and I realized I should never tell the church. <laughs> Keep it between her and us. But I had to learn like everybody else and learn, you know, that's not faith. And thank God there was a guy in those days, he's in heaven now. His name, his name was Frederick Casey Price. And during all this mess, he came out with a book called Faith, Foolishness, and Presumption. Some things are faith, some things are just pure foolishness, and some things are just presumption on your part. You presume God's going to do something, and he didn't tell you. So we learned, really. He helped us a lot when he came out with that book. It was like, yeah, we're being stupid, aren't we? Yeah, we're being idiots. I wasn't as bad as some, but we all need help. Amen. So, listen. Watch out for false teachings. If something sounds too good to be true, guess what? It probably is. Right? See, what we have today, you know how in the Old Testament, how uh, Elijah, Elijah told Naaman to go dip in the Jordan River seven times and your flesh will come to you. What preachers do today is they'll turn that into a doctrine. Right? And they'll like, they probably won't have you go jump in the river, but what they'll do is they'll get, the, they'll get the water out of the river and sell it to you online on TV. It's holy water. Put this on you and you're going to get healed. A guy sent me a string. I, this is my last story. If I tell another one, shut the mic off, Scott. This is my last story. A guy sent me a letter years ago and he, he needed some money. He was a preacher and he needed some money. And he sent me a piece of sackcloth, a strip of sackcloth. And he said in the letter, he said, now, I, this is the sackcloth that I, I went out into this field, kneeled on a rock and prayed for you. And this is, the, this is a piece of the sackcloth I wore. And I thought, well, if you have a few thousand people on your mailing list, that must, must have been a mighty big piece of sackcloth. And he said this, bless his heart. He said, put this in your billfold. And send me $77 and it'll bring you prosperity. I thought to myself, Pastor Edge, I thought, well, if this will work for me, it'll work for you. You're the one needing money. Put it in your billfold and send me $77. Stand up. I said, that's my last story. Obviously, I didn't send him an offering. Why? That's called gimmicks. Amen. Right? Amen. Of course, God does supernatural things, but we don't. Some things He only does them one time. That's it. The pool of Bethesda is only in there once, where you know talks about that story. So, sure, He can do things, but uh, we better let Him motivate it and, or in, initiate it. Amen. Praise God for the Word. Amen. We're not going to be deceived. Father, thank you for Your Word tonight. We just we refuse to be deceived. We love the truth. Hallelujah. Even if it. <laughs> Even if it corrects our lifestyle, even if it corrects things that we've believed, we thank you for the, the truth. We, say this with me. I love the truth. I, love the truth. I, have, a love I have a love of the truth. I love the truth more than I do anything else in my life. Amen. Amen. Father, bless us as we go tonight. Thank you for Psalm 91. We claim it over our lives and those who attend this church. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 That concludes today's message. 
For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.